world, we are creatures of immeasurable value, dignity, and worth. Uh, theologian Richard Pratt has a book that uh, came out in the 90s called Design for Dignity. And he asks his readers at a certain point in that book, he says, I want you to put down my book, and the next person that you meet, I want you to go up to him or her and shake their hand and just say, hello, your Every man of the 
when idols do, they will all, as Richard Pratt says, all idols will always ultimately abuse. The abuse can take form of greed that devours, intellectual pursuits that lead to arrogance, lovers who disappoint, national leaders who fail. But the difference with God is that He will never abuse those who serve Him. We are to know, we are to know in our bones that our security and our significance are rooted in the fact that we image God. And so this is why it's silly, right, in recent years when the Black Lives Matter movement matter starts coming up and you may not, right, you don't have to agree with all facets of it, but when the pushback is, no, 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 all lives matter. That's actually a silly distinction. You know, we, we know that all lives matter, but, but that's why you gotta say Black Lives So, the question becomes, who are we and how do we know? Yes, we're image bearers, but how do we live into that? What is our self-identification? What is the way you essentially think of yourself? Central to the issue of identity is how individuals view themselves. And what we have naturally is a desire to have a self-identification that accords with dignity. Christian and non-Christian, to be human, means to have a desire to have a self-identification that accords with dignity. And this is because we are the image of God. This idea of identity, of your understanding of who you are, that's shaped by the, the, the categories you yourself. What does it mean to have an identity, a self-identity that accords with dignity? Any of y'all watch the show, uh, This Is Us? <laughs> I got more yeses today than last night for uh, uh, the man in the high castle. <laughs> now, here's my confession. I, um, I haven't watched the show. My wife watches it. But I have decided I don't know if I want to make the emotional investment. <laughs> I hear her reaction. I'm like, I gotta be ready. If I'm gonna, if I'm going in, I gotta be ready. I gotta be geared up, you know? But last year, 
that are not that Teen Titans that my son was walked up. That's not the Teen Titans. Raven is, I was drawn to Raven in the comic books because Raven's strength, Raven is a healer. She is the, she's like she's got some Genesis 6 stuff going on. She's the, she's the product of a, of a relationship between a, a human and a demon. And so she's always trying to fight down the demon side of her uh, in the comic books. But she's a healer. And her, 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 uh, her power is whatever your ailment is, whatever is, 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 is troubling you, she can heal you. But the problem is she takes the corruption on herself internally. And the more she heals, the more difficult it is to keep the demonic side of her suppressed. Because the more corrupt she gets in the inside, so there's this fight between, do I, do I continue to heal and be vulnerable? How do I keep, how do I keep demon raving down? And this is one of the challenges when it comes to the issue of being vulnerable, which is an aspect of humanity that we just don't like to embrace when we talk about dignity. You can't be, you can't be a human and be invulnerable. It's like the two don't mix. The challenge for us is that we live it out in a way that is, as we try to dominate either individual space, personally, or collectively, be it race, culture, class, ethnicity, it comes from the reality of our brokenness. So our brokenness um, in terms of our, our human gatherings in our groups comes, I believe, from Genesis 11. I know what this is a picture of. It's a picture of a ziggurat mountain. This is what the Tower of Babel would have looked like and that we find that we read about in Genesis chapter 11. Um, that's the last time, you know, it's like, can't we all just live in peace and get along? Genesis 11 is the last time humanity was one big happy family. Story of Genesis 6 to 9, the flood narrative, which is a recreation of the waters of chaos come back, right? And God has to, he, he saves humanity through Noah and his Let's be dispersed from here. 
is professor at Covenant College. He's a PhD in art history. So she always speaks, she always uses images. Uh, Dr. Whitebrock um, uh, spoke at the commencement address at Covenant College last year in May. This was the image she used um, uh, of the, the Tate Modern Museum in Britain. This image is from 2007. The artist is Doris Salcedo. And uh, Doris Salcedo, um, her contribution to the Tate Modern Museum, her work of art that year, was to put a crack in the floor of the museum. Literally cracked the floor of the museum. That crack is now filled in, but it's still very visible. And she titled the piece Shibboleth out of Judges chapter 12. Shibboleth, the story of Judges 12, when the Gileadites, they, um, they, 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 they put a test to anybody entering their territory, asking them to say the word Shibboleth. If they couldn't pronounce it right, they said Sibboleth. It became a dead sentence. And she says, this term is going to be an indicator of, uh, of the, way we, uh, the way we police our boundaries, the test of belonging that we give to those who are not like us. And she says she wanted to bring in this piece of art that to the surface the hidden ways in which we, in our group, police our boundaries. Dr. Whitebrook put it this way in that address. She said, sometimes we believe that dignity is a part of divvied up among different groups. We worry that if we grant dignity to one group suffering or accounting of history, then there's less available for us. He said, but this is silly. Right? This is foolish. She said, we make God small, but the reverse should be the case. For after all, if Jesus is coming back to make all the Self-importance, 
racially, culturally, ethnically. Because here's the point. What is God's response to Genesis chapter 11? It's Genesis chapter 12. God, Abraham is not thinking about God. He's with his father, chilling, doing his thing. God says, Abraham, get up. Leave your father's, uh, your father's house and go to a land that I'll show you. I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great so that you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And here's the point. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed, Abraham. So we know that this, this, this is pointing us forward to Jesus Christ as a Savior. But what is this promise that the Lord is making? I, he just dispersed all the families of the earth, all over the earth, into Gerolai's community, right? As a part of his, of his judgment, yes, in mercy, right? Having to force us to do what he commanded us to do. But he says, humanity couldn't be obedient to my command to be fruitful and multiply, so I had to fix the problem. I had to create Gerolai's communities across the earth. However, humanity can't fix that problem either, so I've got to do it myself. So immediately after Genesis 11 comes the promise of Genesis chapter 12. In you, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. All those families I just scattered, I'm going to bring back together. In you. In your seed. We know that seed is Jesus Christ. And so this is where we are headed. I mentioned it last time. This is where we're headed. This is not simply about, yes, my individual sense of dignity, value, and worth, but how do I actually, how do I actually live into having eyes to, as Sterling Brown says, see people who they are as God made them in their embodied selves, racially, ethnically, culturally, and have an appreciation of the light in the glorious creative genius of God, in not making us the same, in not, in not assigning what it means to be human and to have dignity, meaning to be exactly like me or my group. Because the Lord says, I'm doing a reunion thing. I'm bringing everybody back together. And, I'm, and it's not that I'm making everybody the same. So,
we are his church. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Um, that our dependency is not on ourselves uh, to know that we're valued, but it's found in your word. Would you help us, Lord, not to create idols, idols, not to, or even to resist the idols that we create and manufacture as we seek beauty and dignity for ourselves, but that you would give us the grace in and through our Lord Jesus Christ to live into the truth that he has declared, that you have declared to us that we are being renewed in knowledge after the image of our Creator as your people, and that we would demonstrate this in the way that we, particularly in the way that we love our neighbors across lines of difference, racial, cultural, ethnic, socioeconomic, as a powerful witness to the world of this truth. Would you make it so in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen.